with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you, like, how to take down the other fan holes should we, like, go crazy. How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Hey, guys! Welcome back to another Bonderific episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your tied and gagged hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I've got uh, two other fan holes who are tying and gagging me right now, so shout out and say what's up, guys. Great, Hera. It's Justin. Hey guys, I didn't know if like you were a nerdy smart guy, you could get like two women to like fall in love with you and have sex. Oh wait, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is gonna be week two. This is week two of our ongoing Wonder Woman coverage. So last week, uh, Justin and I were discussing the uh, secret history of Wonder Woman by Jill Lepore. And now we are discussing the twenty seventeen feature film Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. I, I don't think it's not exactly based on Jill Lepore's book, but I know there there was I, I know the director read it. Basically, this is, you know, a, a, a historical uh, biography, <laughs> you know, like there's 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 some there's some there's some uh, discussion we can have about that. But I mean, I mean, this is this this is um, I do like. Derek, I like how they set up the beginning where he's in front of like the Commerce Commission. That that was a good setup. I like that. I think that's all bullshit, but uh, but I guess it's a good it's a good dramatic it's a good dramatic tool, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to frame this. It's funny because I I heard lots of I I read and and listened to some interviews with the director because I was curious and she tends to frame this as a simple love story. Uh, I kind of think it's anything but simple, but I think, um, you know, it kind of deals with the polyamorous relationship between William Moulton Marston, who's played by Luke Evans, and then we've got, um, I'm trying to remember now, I gotta look it up, because I, I don't remember all these people's names, it's, um, it's all Becca of, Hall. yeah, Becca Hall is playing Olive Byrne, eh, or, nope. But no. Rebecca Hall is Elizabeth Marston. Oh, Rebecca Hall. Okay, and Bella Bella Heathcote is um is Olive. Olive Byrne. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. And so, uh, I mean, you know, what what Tony said is true, and and what Justin said is true. That I think the acting's pretty well done. I mean, none of these people are Americans, and and they they sell it pretty well. I mean, I I think Bella is Australian. Uh, Rebecca Hall's British, and Luke Evans is God only knows what. But they all they all you know they all do a pretty good job i think i i think this is definitely the um the cw of um 
of you know like uh, you know i guess i guess you know unfortunately we're we're you know we're considering this a month long event and and tony hasn't even you know he doesn't even know what we talked about on this book you know when when we talked about the book tony there were frequent mentions of how uh, obese marston got at at certain points and and i you know i mean at the very least you you saw at the end of the film those photos like those were real photos of of Marston and and the Wonder Woman, who of course look nothing like Luke Evans or or uh, Bella or Rebecca, right? But but the, the the guy who was kind of you know rotund and 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 kind of bigger than life in a lot of those pictures was William Moulton Marston. So I, I, at the very least, Tony, you have some idea of of what they looked like in in real life as compared to sort of the the glamtastic, you know kind of presentation here. And I guess, I think my commentary though was, I I felt like the book kind of painted him as like Jabba the Hutt. And I I still don't think William Moulton Marston is that. I, I, but I do think there's a difference between Luke Evans is certainly more glamorous to a a wide female movie audience. Right. He, he he was eye candy, basically. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Luke Evans was yelly wally, and he definitely wasn't playing Marston the fat years later on. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yowie wowie. I he know. Had I, he had cancer, the sexiest cancer I've ever seen. Anyway. Yeah, and and and, and the polio was pretty sexy too. Um, <laughs> so so I just I, I guess I guess since Justin got a chance to 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 frame this the last time, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity All to right. frame frame this. So so this is this is and 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 you know like I said, I'm not I'm not here to bash on this movie or anything like that. So that's that's not what this is about. But I I think what what I sort of want to open it to is. I, I listened to a lot of interviews with Angela Robinson, who directed this, and she's she's very passionate about that she wanted to tell a simple story, that she wanted to present, you know, positive portrayals of, you know, polyamorous or, or lesbian relationships. I think it's interesting that whenever it gets to the question of, will the family come and see this? Have you shown this to the family? Is the family excited about this? Did you discuss this history that you've so expertly researched with the family whether it's written or or on a video there's always this this nervous like she's she's calm as a cucumber and really happy like she talks to the other actors she seems like an affable lady she seems like uh, an intelligent lady like that she knows what she's talking about and everything and and she seems very passionate about wonder woman she is is very forthcoming with you know i wrote this because you know man it, it, it took 75 years for uh an actual wonder woman movie to be made and while i was working on this film and struggling to get this to be made you know a part of that struggle was also fueled by the frustration that you know you've got all these batman movies and all these superman movies but yet there's no wonder woman movie so I can I can completely appreciate that passion and and I understand that when it does come time for for people these interviewers the the common question you know it, it seems like a pretty pretty valid question to ask is is the family aware of this did you interview the family like do they know about this there's always that slight hes- hesitation and that that immediate turn to uncomfortability whereas she's completely comfortable up until this line of questioning gets asked and she hesitates and she falls back on I didn't want to be influenced and I wanted to come to this with a clean slate and, and, and apply my own interpretation to it. And, and before I, I came to any judgments, I just wanted to read some interviews and, and kind of, you know, look at some, some televised or video interviews and everything. Now, my, my supposition 
would be that while this is a, a well-made movie, it's entertaining, uh, as my buddy uh, Martin Perry Kunzweiler of the Quad M podcast likes to say, the cinematography was good. So there, there's all very, very good things to say as far as that goes. I think the acting's great. I think that, as as you said, not only Luke Evans, but the two women, you know, there's, there's some aspect of eye candy there. Um, as far as being a period piece, like, I never felt like I was watching an episode of, of Doctor Who and going, what the fuck? Like, wh- what period are you in or whatever? Like, I, I think all that stuff, you know, was, was very well done. The the setup that I want to give beyond the fact that she, she kind of hesitates and, and doesn't seem to want to own up to the fact that I think it was her intent from the very beginning not to discuss this with the family. And I think, you know, she has a history of, of making, I guess you'd say, like, you know, queer-friendly cinema or tv or whatever so i and i i you know obviously she she has a partner like she herself is queer and so she i i think a large portion of her interpretation comes from her own personal experiences that are applied to uh this historical biography and thus that's why you know that's why i hesitate when i say you know oh this is a historical biography you know they they tout that it's based on a true story i think she's got a lot of leeway because i think that's what she falls back on she says there are things that are unequivocally uh, unequivocally facts right with with what we know about all these historical figures in the creation of wonder woman but there's a lot of kind of unknowns and i think she kind of takes that unknown and 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 plays it like a fiddle and and this is and then i'll let everybody talk after i get this out but the way i wanted to frame this is i think it's interesting because one of the first youtube comments i saw under one of these interviews like these video interviews that were published by variety or whoever it says it's so clear that a queer female gaze was key to this film before I found out about the writer, director, etc. So I guess what I took away from that is, which I find interesting is, we live in a, it's it's the year 2020, everybody is, you know, or should, you know, hold hands and, and kumbaya and, and kind of be accepting of, of different, you know, cultures, ideas, uh, concepts, sexuality, etc., 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 relationships. But I think one of the things I commonly see touted is the uh, the male gaze and how the male gaze in film is is not fair to women and perverts things and puts it in a in a kind of strange spin, you know, in films or whatever. You you might say say Michael Bay has the male gaze and it's this horrible thing where you know you you're looking at um, what's your face? I can't think of her name, but you know from Transformers. Megan Fox. You're looking at Megan Fox with the male gaze. Now, all I'm going to say is, if that's horrible, and this has a queer female gaze, and if some people don't like that, like, then I think, or, or, or find it maybe disingenuous in terms of being a, a historical biography, you know, as long as nobody's, you know, calling for people to, uh, you know, be hurt or harmed or saying harmful things, right, I, I think that's fine. Um, but I guess I, I find it an interesting question. Like, like one, do you guys think that this had a, a queer female gaze? And if, if that's the case, is that detrimental to the film 
Or, or is that something that's needed? And if it is needed, then what the hell is wrong with a male gaze? I guess is is my my framing. So, and and yeah, I've rambled enough, uh, probably more than I wanted to. But yeah, have at it. I'm 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 curious, like what what your guys' take on this this film was as well. Um, I, I guess like the best way for me to frame it in my head, like I am I'm a, aware of the historical account of how Wonder Woman came to be. I know that Professor Marston, you know, did have a, a, a key in developing the, uh, you know, lie detector. And I know he did have a very interesting relationship, let's just put it that way, uh, for the time. I think one of the things that, like, really kind of, like, was interesting for me to get over in hurdles was while the acting was well done... Like you, like you, you said this is like, uh, like you know the the way that the director described it is like is a romance, and it was like, it seemed like that was pushed really hard because like there was just like moments of like, you're a bitch, let's kiss, and I'm like, oh okay, they're 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 kissing, and like, you're lying, you love me, and I am my husband here, let's kiss, and I'm like, okay, okay, it was, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a, a good point, which uh, I, I think if I'm interpreting your, your description correctly, like one of the key moments in the film is when they all sit down and and give you know the the film olive, you know the the the, the um, historical with with large swappings of jam and jelly interpretation, right? Um, so they sit down, Olive Byrne, and they strap her to the lie detector. And they ask her, like, you know, all these various questions. And the way they paint that is, you know, if, if, you're, if your heart is racing, you know, and, and the, the little needle starts spinning up and down, you know, you know that, that means you're lying. And so, you know, the series of questions they ask is, uh, do, do you want to, you know, uh, do you want to fuck Marston? Do you want to fuck Elizabeth and all this kind of stuff, which I also find interesting for having been a period piece, but the fact that they use the word fuck an awful lot, I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I don't know historically how accurate that is. I, I always find that interesting when, when people, um, people use vernacular that may or may not have been uh, largely in use during the 20s. I, I don't know. I could be I'll wrong. I'll be with my husband. <laughs> Right. Well, what, whatever it was, but but anyhow, the point being is is she says no to both those things, and of course the the pin needle goes wild and everything, and and then she's embarrassed, and and um, I think at that point uh, Elizabeth is is upset and can't really deal with whatever the emotions that are going on between the three of them, and so she exits kind of enraged and basically wants to storm off or whatever. I think this is a key moment because this, this stems from my confusion and maybe what Tony was describing, but it's an interesting moment because Olive goes after her and, and it almost has that, to me, it has a broke back mountain spin, you know, like, like the, the whole thing, they're having picnics and these two women are gazing at each other and the men are just not there. But it's interesting because you'd think the notion would be that Marston was also heavily involved in this this polyamorous aspect of the relationship. But it seems like when it initially gets triggered and Olive makes this desperation kiss to her and then Elizabeth cannot handle that kiss, it, it seems like the instigation is 
I mean, I think she literally says, right? Like, I don't know, Justin, am I remembering it wrong? But I, doesn't she literally say, I don't love Marston. I love you. Like that, that's, that's, that, that seemed to be my memory of it, at least. There, there's you know? a lot of like differences between the Gillipore novel and this film. Like the one that stood out to me is in the book, when Marston comes to Elizabeth and he tells her he wants Olive to live with them and like be a threesome. Like in the book, she breaks down crying in tears and like it's, it says that she like spends the whole night like walking and thinking and finally she comes back and she has this great decision that like, OK, we can do this, but she's going to take care of the kids and I'm going to be uh, a professional woman. And there was there was no breaking down in tears and spending the night thinking in this film. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's it's weird because like like what we're that's saying, there that. there is that. That's what I'm saying about the kiss. It's like it seems like for a couple of beats in the film, you know, for this being a romance, you know, it's supposed to be about people who love each other. A couple of times, their problems are sur- are, are like you know serviced and like you know, completed by like, we're going to fuck. And now we're good for a couple of scenes. <laughs> well, I, and then I guess, I guess the thing that I thought was interesting about that scene was it, it felt like the, the, the simple romance as, as the director calls it, right. The simple romance is between Elizabeth and Olive to her. And I think that's, that that's from her own personal interpretation. I mean, I don't think there's any, you know, like there, there have been either like I guess the polite way to put it is arguments. You know, the the family doesn't acknowledge that is true. Um, I think it's really the, weird that she calls it a simple romance because the the way that I viewed the film is it's not just a romance between Olive and Elizabeth. It's a, it's a complete romance between all three people involved. Yeah, yeah, and that that's interesting because because sometimes I feel like how did they get to that leap? Because it's like that big moment, that key moment in that scene where where Olive chases after Elizabeth. Like to me, it seemed like they were like, oh, they're just saying it's them two. And then, but I mean, I I admit the the lie detector was like, you want to fuck Marston, and of course she got all excited and hot and bothered over that. But the fact that she says like, I don't love Marston, I love you you know, you're the, you're the amazing one or the, I forget exactly how she puts it, but she's always kind of in awe of, of Elizabeth. Right. And, and then, and then you mentioned the stuff about the book where it's, you know, there, there's tweaks to that and it's, it's very different. And then and even within the context of the, the, the movie itself, at what point, you know, I, I guess the point where it becomes the threesome is where they run off and they're in the theater and then they're kissing and she, accepts that you know like like they're they're both um uh, shall we say they're both submitting to the desires right but then when marston comes in and checks it out there's that moment you know you know there's that moment in that scene because because in a normal i i guess normal is a funny word to say but in a normal romantic movie if a if a man caught two women kissing each other and the man was married to that other woman they would have that moment of, oh, this is happening. Oh, my God. And then I think if they were not open to that, you know, polyamorous thing, at that point, they would get angry and kind of feel betrayed. And and it's weird because Luke Evans plays that pretty well because he's got that he's got that moment where you feel like the sting of it. But then it's like he's also, you know, because 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 he's Marston and who he is, he's a little 
kind of pervy, kinky, whatever, right? So then there's that weird thing where he's kind of into it, too. And when she reaches out to him to join them, then at that point, it seemed like, oh, now now they're all about the threesome all of a sudden. And I thought it was interesting because I, I really did think, at least the way they initially portrayed it in the film, that Olive was only about Elizabeth. And then some somewhere along the way, within that context, then it became about all three of them. And it's interesting that you say the book, you know, like kind of, you know, is the way it's presented is Marston, you know, basically made an ultimatum to Elizabeth, you know, said, I will leave you. I, I will leave you if you don't let Olive stay with us. And that seems very different from, from the, let's say, let's be generous and say the interpretation of, of the events in this film. Right. So, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I, I don't think I believe anything about the book and I don't think I believe very much about the film. The film's a lot more entertaining, you know, like I'll, I'll give it that, you know, like I said, the, the cinematography was good. The, the actors are attractive and glamorous. There's a strange coincidence with Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. There's a love triangle there. And, and a few years back, you were in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. The, uh, yeah, right. And there's another love triangle, two women yeah. in love with the same guy. And, and the interesting thing about this is one was written by a man and one was written by a woman. Mm-hmm. I felt the difference. I, when, so like when, when it came to shooting the sex scenes, there was a different atmosphere Often, sex scenes are excruciating because everyone gets really serious suddenly. And, you know, actors get really preoccupied with, like, am I going to look sexy, you know, and I'm going to start doing some push-ups and, like, do, do some stomach crunches and, like, how can I look the most sexy? And it's just, like, every sense of anything real just disappears. It's like we stop, everyone stops doing their job for that hour or whatever right, it is. Right. And I just find that kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so I was really... I was really, I noticed the difference on this because Angela framed a lot of the sex scenes with a different sort of narrative. Like the the big one that we do between the three of us, she was like, I don't want this just to be like, you, you know, you, you get, start going at it in a bedroom and, you know, after some, whatever it is. She's like, how about we're playing dress up in a theater right. and there's fantasy and there's game plays and then that kind of feed into the comic book imagery and you know and then we'll find these women sort of playing and I want you to laugh and I want you to have fun and um, we did nonetheless all show up to do that scene you know sheepish and serious looking and nervous because you know that's the mood and not quite looking each other in the eye in all seriousness i i did notice the difference there was there was another thing that was different about it was that angela was really preoccupied at every interaction especially the sexy ones um uh, with consent like she was really obsessed with it so you're not talking about consent among the actors you're talking about consent among the characters Uh, in the narrative and but that also the the trickle down effect of that was that we were all very like trusting and careful with each other. If you take it at face value, you know, like like all art, like all theater, like all movies. I mean, th- there's an aspect of manipulation to it, you know. But but I mean, it's it, when it wants you to uh, feel sad for some of the characters, you do. When it, you know, I mean, some of it I think is funny because you know, th- like they they do explicitly say, you know, uh, at least to to my knowledge, you know, the the. The moment where they all get caught in the house, like that never happened. The 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 the, the very broke back 
mountain moment where he comes out and then the other guy like starts kicking him and everything like that never happened. So like that's, you know, and, 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 and I guess the, the key point is Olive never left them. Like Olive never left to go do other things and then come back. I guess for me, you know, Justin and I, and, and to extent, you know, Tony, Tony, you know, knows about some of those other, you know, Wonder Woman shows and, and we discussed Wonder Woman and stuff like that. And so he's familiar with, you know, the whole loving submission concept that is difficult for me and I'm sure all of us to wrap our head around and everything. And so they, they really hit home his disc theory, you know, the dominance, influence, submission, compliance, you know, and that if you're compliant, you're just miserable. But if you, if you, if somebody gives you, if you're able to um, provide incentive, you know, like that there's some bonus to, to, uh, being dominated and 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 submitting to someone then then the compliance is not a, a point of contention it's actually you you've you've convinced them right like like you you know it's like it's like i'm sitting there going i hate marbles and then somebody's like well i'll you know i'll suck your dick if you give me a bag of marbles and you're like okay i submit i comply you know, like, like there's some positive aspect to that for Marston where he's like, okay, that's my incentive. Right. And then, but then the question you have to ask is, did you really like, do you really like the marbles? Like, do you, do you really like submitting or do you just like, do you, do you like the, the, the sex and the, the, the free love or whatever it is and all that kind of stuff. And I guess to me, the other key moment to that is, and, and I, you know, cause we're talking about loving submission, like, Remember, Justin, when we were talking about, like, why why does one person have to dominate the other person and how that didn't make a lot of sense to me? Like, the, the one thing that, that I keyed in on, on in this interpretation in this film that actually, like, made me stop and kind of go, okay, this makes a little more sense to me, which was Olive becomes the dominant one in the film's climax, which I thought was fascinating because they go to great lengths to set up in the bondage scenes and the rope scenes and all that kind of stuff that's going on in the, I guess the, the, uh, Tijuana Bible underground or wh- whatever the fuck that was, right? They go to great lengths that, that, that she's, you know, she's the submissive, right? That's why she doesn't mind being tied up and, and all this other stuff. But when she comes back, Marson's basically like, you're, you're not doing it right, Elizabeth. Like it, you're, you're complying, but it's not convincing, right? You, you can't say, I'm sorry, please come back to us, but have this kind of haughty, arrogant. They, they describe her as a ferocious bitch in the film. She certainly, the actress certainly gets that across to you. Like she certainly is a ferocious bitch. And you, you, you always feel that, uh, sense of, of ferocity and, and kind of bitchiness whenever she's on screen and even when she's trying to apologize that still comes out and and then there's that moment where basically marston's like no like i'm gonna die soon like i'm gonna die of cancer and polio and all this shit and you guys then i can't have you guys be angry with one another or or bitter to one another or living some other life when i know you both make one another happy so he's like look we he says damn it elizabeth you can't always be the dominant one. And like, I don't know why, but like, you know, not, not like I'm like, dude, I'm going to totally like be into loving submission now, guys. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But, but I guess a light bulb went off where I was like, Oh, it can switch. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be one way 
for eternity. <laughs> like, somebody can flip the tables, you know, in which case, like, I guess the way this is presented in the, the conclusion, like, she did, basically, where it's like, she says, fuck you, I don't believe you. And then, you know, then they have to, like, get on their knees. But then, then you start to wonder, is it really submission, or are they just begging for another second chance? Like, I don't know. But but anyway, I, I thought that, to me, that was a moment in the film that I thought was uh, standout, I guess. I thought it was I thought it was well portrayed, and it, it did make me um, consider. I don't know if it reconsider, and it, it just made me consider, again, you know, my, my lack of comprehension for... Uh, loving submission for disc theory for what whatever you want to you know attribute to it you know the the, the hucksterism of of Marston's theories and I still think there's a lot of hucksterism to it but um, it did just give me pause for a moment and kind of think hey may, maybe this is maybe this is what I'm supposed to glean or maybe this is another nugget that I'm just not you know I, I that that was missing from my comprehension of wh- whatever. This, you know, again, I still think it, you know, it works nice on paper. It doesn't work well in real life, I think, still. But um, that that this is another aspect of loving submission that I had not yet considered and uncovered. Well, I, I think one of the, the two things I, I, I really would, like, appreciate and also nitpick. I'll, I'll do the nitpick one first because it did kind of piss me off. I know it's a movie. I know you had the, that dramatic effect. Motherfucker, if my neighbor comes into my house, goes all the way to my bedroom, and if I'm fucking a goddamn VCR, what the fuck business is it of yours? Well, yeah, but then you have to think. You well, one, you have to think of what 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 uh, era it was in. But then on top of that, I kind of thought, what does nobody lock their fucking yeah. doors or what? But maybe maybe that's just me. Like I'm I'm kind of like uh, uh, that's that's how I door. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that uh, well, even beyond that, like, I'm just kind of like, well, that's how I was raised. And, and, and I guess maybe this is something that can give Justin a springboard, too. But, you know, all I could think of in that scene was it felt like such a suburban location and did not feel at all like the the country home that Jill Lepore describes with the fucking bunnies and all the stuff that you couldn't stand. I was like, I was like sitting there. I, I was sitting there, Justin, going, where the fuck are the bunnies? Like, where the fuck is all this other shit? You know, like, like it's just like, there's no fucking bunnies in there. Like, I know there's no, it doesn't, bunnies couldn't live in that. Like, this is bullshit. Where are the bunnies? You know, like, that's that's what I was thinking, so. Going back to some things Derek touched on uh, in his uh, intro, I knew the director of this film was a woman because when this film was entering its uh, promotional stage, there were numerous articles about, you know, one of Marston's granddaughters was not in support of this film. She kind of came out and objected to basically the whole thing. And what Derek's saying is true. It kind of seems like they didn't want to have any contact with the family at all. Like they just wanted to write whatever they wanted to see in that relationship, I guess. And so the, the granddaughter disowned it. And she said that, um, they invited her to the, the premiere of the film, and it was through a third party. It wasn't even the director. They were just like, oh, hey, you can come to the premiere. And she was just like, no, I don't want anything to do with you guys. You didn't even talk to me when you were making this film. And then as far as the um, the female gaze goes, like I didn't I, – I don't know. I didn't get any of that when I was watching it. I just, I just mm. thought that they were playing up the uh, titillation aspects because it was a film. Okay. I don't know, but like – 
Yeah, that that was my that's how I viewed the I guess like the main threesome scene and then the the later scene where they're interrupted. Question question then is if that's the case, right? If this is if this is just pure titillation, regardless of whether it's queer or straight or whatever, does does that also apply to Megan Fox for you? Or 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 can you see what people are saying when they say, Oh, that's that's a nasty male gaze that Michael Bay has and he's a evil douchey douchehead or whatever? Yeah, I can't see why they would say Megan Fox is a uh, male gaze, but I guess I don't know. Do you want to take the subject matter into account because this is a, I mean, this is not something that's going to be a blockbuster film, right? Like Transformers yeah, yeah, that's true. is that's true. a action adventure film for what you know, you know, teenage males to like you know males in their what thirties, forties, maybe fifties. So having a young attractive woman like arching her back and wearing uh you know low cut top like that's like that's you know that's the thing for the dads right but then this is a different type of film this is more i don't want to say it's like an art house or indie film but it's definitely for a different it kind of is an indie film okay i mean i mean i i I would i that that i think that's fair i mean uh, that i mean because i i think i think it's an indie art house film with the added bonus of like Hey, there was a big budget Wonder Woman movie that came out, and guess what? This is about something else, but has very what's the best way to put it has has loose connection to to this this uh, blockbuster type movie franchise, you know. But but I think I think the actual nature of the film itself, it, you know, it's it was never going to be you know one of these four billion dollar movies and 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 it you know certainly you know was was a a more of a passion project than anything else Um, i suppose i just saw professor marston and the wonder woman and it's both full of riches of like oh my gosh for someone who loves to build characters and think about what it means to be a human it's it's rich but it's more like an internal film i think that's i think that's a lot to do with angela robinson who wrote it yeah i mean she wrote there is no doubt she wrote the version of this story that was the most personal to her and she defines herself as she's a queer lady filmmaker and she wanted to tell this story that was her in some way as much as their story her story and she wanted it she felt that every depiction of unconventional relations relationships on film kink on film all of these things that this film encapsulates are nearly always told in this slightly salacious slightly um transgressive slightly seedy way like there can only be a bad outcome or it's played for there's a second purpose going on of it's sexy right yeah or it's it's sexy for for sexy sake without any kind of rather than for human sake of human (laughs) sexuality exactly And, and so what her intention was how about we make a film that shows three people working out what they want sexually? Like, right. let's make that sexy. Let's eroticize that, like the real relations of what's going on and the emotions between these people. And the hope is that as an audience member, 
you know, the people of which I'm sure there are a couple that go into this kind of going, oh, this is going to be a bit titillating and, oh, you know, I'm not sure what I think about this. By the end of it, they're just crying, going, oh, please, I just want them all to be together. Right. <laughs> and they yes. think it's and it's normalized, you know, and I and think that's and she, the and, subversive element. And that's what's film. subversive about it is that she is she set out to normalize all of it. And part of that is the fact that these women are not stereotyped. Right. You know, like it would have been so easy to to make a version of this film where Elizabeth Marston is angry and hard done by and Olive is a manipulated ingenue who doesn't have any autonomy and is lost. Instead, what you get is an ingenue who grows into a woman and works out exactly who she is and what she wants and a powerhouse who chips away at herself to discover that it's okay to be vulnerable to love. Another, like, historical screw-up that I noticed, like, you pro- you guys probably didn't notice, but, like, Marston mentions he was with the OSS in the war, in the Great War. Like, there was no OSS in World War One. That was so- World War II. Mm. So I was like, hey, wait a minute. You- someone screwed up. Like, someone didn't... Uh, all you had to do was, like, Google OSS, and you would have been like, oh, I just doesn't... Well, but but see, if that's if that's the thing, though, right? Like, and and who cares about gazes or whatever? But that's the thing. If you've got if you've got a queer woman who's more interested in the romance aspect of this, right? Then the the last thing she's going to bother to like, she says she did research, right? But I don't know what that means exactly. That means she read the Jill Lepore book and like you know read some Wonder Woman stuff and then applied her own life history to it and made some kind of you know, romantic movie based on that. And, and that's what she was passionate about. But I mean, th- th- you could tell there's no passion as far as, right. you know, I don't know, w- you know, world war one or anything no, like I, that. So, so it doesn't, it, do- it doesn't surprise me that she didn't take like five minutes to, to, no, to figure that it's out. It's like a little tiny, it's a nitpick that I noticed, but like, you know, yeah, you know, no, 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 but, like, yeah. so she read the Jill Lepore book, but I think it's interesting to me, like that book skirts around the whole threesome relationship whereas this movie yeah, just goes yeah. at it full force so I'm like if she did any research well, I mean, like did she talk to like some supposed neighbor who saw something or, or someone with an i don't know someone with an axe to grind I, I, or, or something like that mm, i don't I, I don't think so because because if she gets she, it doesn't matter whether it's printed or 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 in a video like she gets super uncomfortable whenever that's brought up and you can tell at the very least, you can tell. I don't know. It's funny. You'd think somebody like that would pre-plan whatever their response was, or even say something to what you said. Like, like she she would make these vague generalizations. Like, oh well, I have other sources. Oh yeah, you've got other sources. Like who? Like what? You know? Like it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. And it seems like the the most compelling argument she would have is, well, she she kind of says. Oh, there's plenty of facts we know, but there's also lots of facts that are unknown. And basically, I, to me, the, what I took out of it was, like, what she kept focusing on is, well, the fact is, they lived together for 38 years. And I'm just extrapolating that, you know, they were in love with each other. Like, I don't even sexually. know what that means, like, an unknown you know? fact. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Like that could be anything. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Derek never ran over anyone with his car and killed them and hid that, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, that's that's that, that, that's that's more. 
that that that's more my way of extrapolating what what right, she's right. trying to say. You know, like like I don't think she used those words like a, a an unknown oh, okay. fact, but like, like like to me it seems like she would say things like there are things that are known and things that are unknown, or at least to to me it seems like she felt like she had plenty of room to play with either her ignorance or what is technically unknown. Like basically the, 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 the other thing that she goes to was her go-to for quote unquote research was apparently she read a bunch of Marston's Mm. letters. So, and I don't know, you know, and she read a lot of Marston's books and stuff. So I don't mean to demean the research or whatever, but that's, that's, that, that's where she came from. She, she seemed to be saying, I read a bunch of Marston's books. I got into his disc theory. I read Gillipore's book. I thought that was nice, you know, and then, and then the, the other research that she seems to point to is Marston's letters. So, so basically I think the idea is, okay, well, those are all handwritten and presuming that Marston is not being a huckster and blowing smoke up her ass in the letters, then, you know, and and you take those letters as fact, then maybe she extrapolated certain things. Of course, you think in all that fucking letter reading, Marston would have said something about, hey, I wasn't in the OSS, (laughs) and she would have fucking paid attention to it, but I guess not. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Another thing that, like, like, kind of, like, they kind of grate on my nerves near the end, it was, like, Marston, like, okay, like, and this is going to get a little bit deep for a minute. Um... As far as feminism and stuff like that, I have my own views, and I'm not going to go into them on this podcast. But this was actually a really good portrayal of feminism. Marston and his wife had a good back and forth. You know, he could say, you're a bitch, and she could be like, you're an asshole. And I'm like, that's a that's an equal, like, you know, relationship. That's how people who love each other should be. And it was really weird because despite that really good, like, chemistry, I think those had those two actors had really good chemistry. And near the end, you know, is like the whole movie, like two of the main keys is like Elizabeth was really into the truth, like lie detector. And when they found out that it worked and they made it work, it was like, yes, we did it. And like, you know, with uh, what was the uh, blonde hair girl's name? I always forget her name. Olive. Like, you know, her her basic story arc was finding out that she could live a different life she could love a woman she could be in a polyamorous relationship and you know she she had to accept herself that was her whole thing because apparently like you know from what we had discerned she grew up in a very strict you know societal background that's why they did the whole like you know uh campus thing with like getting into fraternity and stuff she she had to grow up to be a certain person and she didn't want to do that so okay that's cool and both of those arcs were accepting it was like really weird because for this being kind of a Wonder Woman movie, when Marston starts writing Wonder Woman, they're like, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Derek, do you do you think Marston created Wonder Woman to further his ideas and agenda? Do you think the director of this film used Marston and Wonder Woman to maybe further her ideas and agenda? Absolutely. Okay. Like here, here, let me, let me, let me read. I found something that I was looking for that I wanted to read to you because of what we've been talking about. So this is, this is from an interview, right? That came out around the time of the movie. Uh, the interviewer asks one component of that interpretation that got brought up at the panel was the queer relationship between Olive and Elizabeth. Was that based on research you'd done or was that just your interpretation? Question mark. Her answer is, I mean, comma, it's both. 
This is one of those things that's kind of tricky about history, especially history that has been obscured because of the relationships and because of society and many things. But there's certain facts that are indisputable about the Marston's lives, which everybody agrees on, and there are certain ones that are open to interpretation. You know what I mean? It's how you choose to interpret those facts. So that's how I chose to interpret them, that I don't know how else to say except that it's open to interpretation. So that's what I meant by like facts and unfacts. You know, like that's, that's her, that's her, her answer is it, it's like she doesn't really answer the question. She doesn't say that it's all just bullshit from her own head, but she kind of, she, she kind of is, is extrapolating. Well, I did research. I read letters and then also I've put my own input that furthers my own agenda, which, you know, for, for, you know, all intents and purposes, like, I mean, I do, you, you have to think, right? Like, I mean, you know, it, it's like, if you, if you look up, you say, you say, okay, you know, the, there's a lot of um, praise going on just because of the nature of the type of filmmaker she is. She's a woman, she's black and she's queer. And, 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 and it's very public and very open and, and kind of, you know, all, uh, not all, but, but, 90% of the things she's worked on have, have dealt with that subject matter in some way, shape, or form. Now, I mean, I remember when I was in high school and people were writing plays and this and that and the other thing. And, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't want to say guilty like it's a bad thing, but for me, I'm, I'm thinking even of myself, like that, that, that's something you fall back in, uh, fall back on when you're writing things. They always say write about what you know, Right. But I, I guess, I guess for me, like, I guess what I was trying to uh, illustrate is that if you write what you know, some stuff will tend to be autobiographical, or at least you will use aspects of your personal experience in whatever you're writing. And I think in this case, that's why she says it's tricky, because I think there, there is a large aspect of herself in the interpretation. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not, putting any judgment on it, not saying, you know, right or wrong or whatever, right? But, I mean, but people tend to want to ask about that stuff. You know, they, they want to ask about, um, you know, Christy Marston. You know what I mean? Like, they, they want to find out, like, well, did you talk to her? And then, you know, then it becomes all uncomfortable. And she's like, well, we, we sent people. We reached out. We asked. Like, we hope she'll come and see it. You know, and it's got to be all politic and shit. But the truth of the matter is, I don't think she wanted anything to do with any of those yeah. people. And once they, once they cleared the film with legal, then that's all they cared about, right? Like, like as long as they can't get sued, that's all they care about. So, I mean, and, 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 you know, and that, again, that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to say that like a, you know, period judgment end of story, but, but I, I think, I think there is that aspect to it where it's like, it's like basically, you know, they, they said, are we going to get sued over this? Uh, as long as you do these fucking things, you know, uh, then you're not going to get sued. And they, they basically, you know, you talk about disc theory, they fucking complied, right? They did whatever it was they had to do and screwed the wire just enough to do what they wanted to do. And, and try to influence and put forth their own ideas, but also, you know, they, they had to adhere to whatever the legal standards were so they would not get punished for doing what they're doing, you know? So, uh, you know. So, Tony, you kind of came into this blind. Like, Derek and I, you know, our, our perception of this movie may be colored by reading the Jill LaCour book, but you, but you didn't read that. So I'm kind of curious, like, did did you enjoy this movie like without any of that foreknowledge um well i i I did say there was like some very cool beats at various points 
that I thought were enjoyable. Um, I, I think some of the things I really liked was that like they all cared about their kids. That was re- that was really cool. I liked that. There was like no like weird exchange. Like it's my daughter. It's my son. It's my blah blah blah. I also like the fact that uh, they all seem united in their cause, even if they weren't always united interpersonally. Like they would they would have fights and stuff, and they would have like you know disagreements but like when they decided on a, a a course of action they would support each other coming as an outsider i i like i didn't know the book i don't know like i, I mean nobody knows their actual relationship as far as like you know as far as the director goes, well they, like how they, they, they know they know they know some things yeah i mean i mean i mean the kids basically said oh we walked in on uh Olive and, and Marston, you know, getting it on, and they said that, you know, it was like she was making Daddy feel better or whatever, you know, some shit. But it's like, it, to, to me, what's interesting is they, they have the, the, the scene where, you know, the, the neighbor stumbles in, and on, on their, on their, on their kind of three-way or whatever was going on there. But it's like, you'd think, you'd think if the kids lived with them that long and that was going on, that somebody would have accidentally walked in on that. But no, nobody ever seems to say that that happened. And then, and, and I suppose um, to be completely fair, the, the heir, the Marston heir, right? Like she's the granddaughter, right? So, so, I mean, you know, I, you know, put this in context, like how much do you know about your grandmother's sex life? You know, like, so, so, I mean, I mean, I, I could understand why, you know, somebody would be like, well, we don't need to talk to the grandkid. What the fuck does she know? You know, or I could understand why it'd be like, well, you know, what exactly do you, would you act, you know, reasonably know if all you did was visit her for like, you know, cookies and, and a pat on the head <laughs> and all this other stuff. It's not like, and, and, and by the time she was a child and they were so old, I mean, you know, I don't imagine like, okay, let, let's say, let's say I buy it. Let's say I buy the relationship completely and I'm like totally blown away at how, you know, stunning and brave they are and all this other stuff and they make out and they, I get it. Like, like I'm, I'm totally a hundred percent. I buy this. I believe it. Right. Even if I do, you know, that photo of them, I, where it's like, they're, you know, I don't know what one of them's like, you know, 93 and the other one's like fucking 72 or whatever. And they're just hanging out together or whatever. Like if, if those are your, you know, grandmothers, quote unquote, right. You weren't going to walk in on them having sex at that age. I mean, that, that wasn't going to happen, right? Like they, they weren't going to be, they weren't going to be doing the Wonder Woman and rope bondage thing. Like if 96 or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, so honestly, except for like the actual threesome scene where there was like titties and like, you know, Olive getting impregnated. I, I assume that's when she got knocked up. Like if he, I kept, if he took that sorry. out, like it would, it would be a kind of a PG movie nowadays. I mean, like girls kissing isn't a big thing anymore, you know? Hmm. I, I kept thinking, you know, in that, you know, cause they're in the theater and they keep swapping like outfits and everything. I know they made a big deal about, you know, all of putting on the, the girdle and, and handling the rope and the tiara and everything that, that that's supposed to be, you know, that that's supposed to be the big money shot. Like she looks like Wonder Woman and stuff like that. But the other thing that occurred to me was when you have somebody that's as, uh, as we've been saying, eye candy, you know, as good looking as, as Luke Evans is, and he's wearing that, Air Force hat, yes. like all I could think of, all I could think of was, dude, that's totally Steve then, Trevor getting it on with with uh, Diana Prince and Wonder not, Woman. Not only I that, guess. but like Elizabeth is wearing this kind of 
animal print, and I was like, she's cheetah. <laughs> like that's what occurred to me during that whole scene. Wonder Woman, Cheetah, and Steve Trevor. I was like, "Holy shit!" You, you know what else I didn't realize because I was looking at all these interviews and everything. Do you remember that when when uh, I, I, you may have not read any of these, but I don't know. I'm just gonna reach out there. Do you, Do you remember when DC like tried to do a revival of all the Archie Impact characters, and they tried to like incorporate them into the the DC universe, like right before the new 52. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, you know, the shield, yeah, yeah, the yeah. hood, you know, like those, those guys, bad, but I don't remember that. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Ugh. Yeah. So, so, so there were, there were titles that came out in 2009. Angela Robinson wrote the, the web comic. So I, I didn't, I didn't make that connection, but since I was like putting together stuff, that was one of those things where I was like, Oh, she, she wrote that. And I was kind of like, I remember reading that. You know what I mean? Like it's been, you know, what, 2009, like it's been a long time. It's been like 11 years since I read that, but, um, I'm looking at her filmography. She also directed Herbie fully loaded. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, well that, that's, that's the 10%, right? Like that was that was the ten percent I was losing. I'm going to mention so. one thing that I thought was really exaggerated. It kind of got on my nerves a little bit, and I know it was serving the story, but as far as like you know the uh, you know the uh, seduction of the innocent and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just Wonder Woman comics that were burned. Well, well, y- this is that's that's all kind of like dramatic yeah. license, I think. Like 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 even like the the the. I don't know what that whole, like they, they were never going to like fire him. Like that, that was not, I don't know. Like, like that was all kind of, well, I mean, I I didn't think that was like really a thing. Like, I think that was just like thrown in there as like a framework or something. I mean, I mean the, 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 you talk about, um, you talk about Christy Marston, you know, the, the other person I think that got upset was the, the, um, uh, what am I thinking of the heirs to, um, the, the woman that was portrayed in the, you know, the, the one giving the, 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 you know, question, questioning Marston in that framing sequence. I forget what her name is, but like their, their relatives were not happy with her portrayal in the film either. Going on some things you've told me now about the director, like there, there, there are certain parts of Marston's life that are left out of this movie, like the Fry case and his time in Hollywood. Do you, do you think those yes. were left out because they couldn't work? Because mostly those were Keita Marston, and the women would not play heavily into those sequences, maybe? Well, yeah, I, I think that's... Well, and the other thing, too, is I think I, I think her her PR approach... Like, if you, if you were a reporter and you asked her mm-hmm. that question, she would tell you how fascinated she was with Marston's experiences in Hollywood. Like she knew so much about it and she would tell you like, Oh yeah. And I read all about the fry case and boy, if only we could just make this a, an HBO miniseries and make it, you know, uh, a 13 hour biopic on the whole thing. It'd be so awesome. But you know, this is my film. This is a film. I only had an hour and 45 minutes and I chose to focus on the simple love story. And that, that was her. And see, that, that's what, that's what I find fascinating is because she, that's a prepared answer on a press Mm -hmm. circuit, right? Like, like she has that all worked out. And the, the reason why I'm always surprised is it's like they didn't plan, like, I don't know why, like they didn't expect to be asked about Charlie Marston. Like, I don't, that, that's the part I don't get because, because 
every time it's asked, I mean, even the people writing, like, you know, the writing the articles when you don't see the video, even the people there are like long pause or like, you know, uh, uh, holds for a beat or whatever, and then answers, you know, and you can tell there's that moment of like, she's, she's thinking on her feet and, and, and trying to formulate something, but yet not you know, I don't know. It just, th- that part of it fascinates me because, because I think, I think what it is, is I think deep down, she just wants to say, fuck you. This is my fucking movie. And like, it doesn't matter like what really happened. I'm, I'm an tour and I'm telling my thing and whatever, but she doesn't do that. Right. So she has this pause and she, she goes into, you know, kind of like, you know, whatever the, the best stock answer she can formulate where it's like, well, you know, it's this and that, and it's a little of both. And we reached out to the family, but they, you know, they didn't want to participate. And, you know, like that, that kind of, you know, it's like, it's like the kind of playing nice, but also kind of refusing to answer the question. Would you agree, Derek, like at some points, like due to like the storytelling, like Marston actually seemed like a framing or MacGuffin to have these two women interact more. Yeah, but but I mean, you know, you know what's interesting too is I mean that that's something that you know you can argue over the, the there's a lot of historical inaccuracy over you know Marston didn't come hat in hand begging uh, Charles uh, 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 Gaines right he didn't he wasn't like oh please buy my story like I mean you know I think that's the aspect too that that is is never going to be focused on in in a hollywood movie because it, it's all about who you know right like like you the reason why mark like like we had the whole like fucking bob kane you know bill finger thing yeah exactly yeah no no i mean not even that like like i'm not talking about who gets attributed correct credit or fighting over no, that or like, whatever like how the actual history happened you know like how it actually came to yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's true. But but I guess you know in the film it's like to to extrapolate that the you know cut down the time frame. They have Charles Gaines be the one who's oh, why aren't you to call her Wonder Woman? Well, I'm pretty sure at least according to the books, like that was Sheldon Mayer who said that, and and Marston wasn't like pitching it. It's like I came to you first, bud. No, like like this, this is me being grumpy, bitter, pessimistic guy who who uh, cannot. Uh, 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 make money doing things artistically because, be, because because I have no I have no connections right I have no connections in Hollywood I have no connections in the comic industry blah 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 I rage and rant and whatever but Marston the reason why he did comics at least what I extrapolated from the Lepore book which doesn't say it outright but it, it, it's fairly clear to me is it was like Olive Burns. Uh, what was it like a brother or cousin or nephew? Some some relative of Olive Burns was in I, the pulp I, I publishing think it was her brother, industry. Right? Her brother. Okay. So and based on that, like that's that was his in, right? Because he tried to do all this Hollywood bullshit and he tried to do all this other stuff. And and it's like back then it wasn't as institutionalized. And then when it became like Hollywood type Hollywood, you notice how he got less work. Because it wasn't just like something he could like win a contest for, or just drop off at the hat or whatever, and 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 then you know anyway. But the point is, if it wasn't for Olive Byrne's brother already being in the industry, I don't think Wonder Woman would have happened the way it did. 
You know, like, I, I think that was his in, right? It's like, oh, so you want to write comics. It's like, that's why Olive Byrne got to write all those articles and stuff, which I also find interesting is that whole time in this film, like, they never go into... It, it, it's funny, because that's, that's the picture they want to portray, like, that Elizabeth Holloway was the secretary, the working woman. But it's like, what the hell does Olive Byrne do? She, like, bakes fucking pies and gets bonded and, and pops out babies and... and looks beautiful and like and 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 you know if you read the book like there was more to her than that right like she was also i mean if if you go by the interpretation of this film right she was beautiful which i don't know if that was true in real life but um on top of that if you go by the book she she was you know maybe as intelligent or or very intelligent just like Holloway, and she wrote her own articles that were complete bullshit, right? Like, that, that you know, she, she was the fake little person in the family, uh, what was it, family fucking circus or whatever? Like Family that, circle. Circle, no. circle. I'm like, I'm like thinking of the fucking comic Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I mean, you see my point? Like, they never, like, that's that's not part of the story that um, that Angela Robinson's trying to tell, I guess. She doesn't, she doesn't care about the aspect of the the story for her, you know, like, and and, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, I mean, like she says, it's her interpretation, right? So you, you know, you can't argue too much with that other than the fact that like, it does kind of irk me when, when something is that heavily interpreted and then it's like based on a true story, emphasis on the based. But Marston is always the, 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 the mediator. He always calms everybody down. You know? it, it's interesting that that's your that's your takeaway from the film because I I feel like at least the book paints a very different picture. Do you know like they they talk about how he would you know rant he would rant and rave and tell people to shut the fuck up and be quiet when he was writing and all this stuff. You know like like none of that stuff. I mean they barely you know what cracked me up is uh, they they show one of the kids very exclusively but they were like you know uh, like the fucking bunnies I'm like where are the bunnies where are the fucking kids cuz it's like there there were like yeah and I think there was like four of them in real life and and you you see one of them pretty heavily and then out of nowhere they're like I think when 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 they all get beat up and decide to leave that that one suburban house or whatever, it's like, then you see like some other kids, you know, and I'm just kind of like, where the fuck did those kids come from? Yeah. I, I would, I would uh, guess they lift the Marston is a fat fuck and he's swearing and drinking and yelling. I would imagine they left that out because if you included that, the audience would be like, well, why the hell are these women staying with this asshole? Like, they well, and, and, and it's interesting. He's got to be attractive and like yeah, approachable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing, too, is it's interesting you pointed out, Justin, that at least the way the book paints it, right, that there there was no um, queer relationship between Olive and Elizabeth, and that Elizabeth went off and cried when she was told that Olive would be coming to stay with them. And, and they leave out the part about Marston basically making an ultimatum saying if, if 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 she has to go, then you know what I mean. Like like e- e- either you know I'll I'll leave you to be with her basically if if you if you push me to it right. So so there are all those aspects that that are are thrown in there, but yet that's not yeah. I, I was you know there there I thought like their relationship was more of a uh, you know sorry if you believe this not trying to offend anybody but I thought it was more of a kind of a. Mormon multiple wives kind of thing. I thought it was like more. Well, that that's 
that's what polyamorous is for the most part. But yeah, I like I, well, like you said, I didn't think it was because Olive and Elizabeth wanted to bang. It was just like I guess we'll bang because her husband wants to see her like titties, you know, <laughs> together you know? <laughs> or something like that. I, I mean, I just thought like like he was interested in both of them, and it wasn't like. Uh, a really like a, a three way thing. I, I I mean I might have been no no no. I I think I think that's exactly what the book promotes. I mean I mean I don't think that's that. I, I think your interpretation of the the quote unquote real story is something that the the children the uh, the grandchildren uh, a lot of historians you know and then and then you you have the counter arguments which is well how do you know. But how do you know the other thing too? Like you don't, right? So again, then then it becomes this this mythical ground of interpretation, you know? Like so, you're like sitting there going, okay. I mean, yeah, it's like crazy. I mean, like I mean, it was obviously a groundbreaking idea for Wonder Woman, and I I think that's like just asking what I thought about this movie, and like one of the things that really kind of. Uh, it didn't make me sad. It didn't like hurt my feelings because I, I I knew what I was walking into. This is like you know about people. It wasn't about comics really, but it would have been so much more satisfying for like everybody to be kind of on the page of Wonder Woman because like you know like be like you know like man this comic book is a really good idea, or like you know Olive be like I don't think it's a good character, but like you know oh I dressed up as her. Maybe she does inspire me. You know, like, I mean, stupid shit that doesn't happen in real life. Well, in the book but, yeah. and in this movie, Wonder Woman is just really an afterthought for, you know, the author and the director. I mean, would you agree with that, Derek? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I kind of wonder because, like, if, if you want to... If you want to inspect someone's say geek cred, right? Like, like, what do you think, Justin? Do you think do you think Jill Lepore has more Wonder Woman geek cred, or do you think Angela Robinson has well, more geek cred? I, I forgot to mention this when we discussed the book, but in one of those um, lectures, Lepore states outright she was not a fan of Wonder Woman growing up. Like she mm. she didn't watch the Linda Carter series. She was more interested in Patrick Duffy and the man from Atlantis because he was hot. That's what she so said. You, yeah, so you, you'd, you'd have to give it to Angela Robinson by default, right? I, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely more Wonder Woman in this movie than there is in the Lepore book. What do you – I mean, like, I guess – like uh, I'm trying to think of like what I mean because there, there's stuff that we as fans extrapolate right like we're extrapolating the whole you know Steve Trevor Cheetah thing I mean right. the 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 wristbands and the 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 the, the um, rope like that's that that anybody can see that that's for that's for I the mean, old lady who asks who the burn victim was even she can fucking figure out that <laughs> that's that's about Wonder Woman right, right? Yeah, like yeah. like even she knows that this is about Wonder Woman but. But that's an interesting moment too, because that's that's never really explicitly brought up in the book either. Like, like did Marston did like was like basically is it because there's so much fetish and kink in the early Wonder Woman issues that that the interpretation from Angela Robinson is that oh he must have stopped in one of these places and and got a bunch of stuff as quote unquote research and brought you know like I I don't think there was anything about. You know, like I mean, to me, that seems like that's all the eroticism and 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 sensationalism that is not necessarily 
real, but some some open ground of interpretation, right? Like, like the 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 guy that's like, oh, obviously you are the submissive, you know. Like, and I will teach you how to bond, how to rope, how to blah, 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 yeah. like that one guy. Like he was pretty good. Like he he did a good job of uh, portraying that role. Well, also, continuity error. I think I could be wrong. Uh, you guys know more about Wonder Woman than I do. I did. Po- I did see one thing. I, I well, hear one thing. I thought was wrong. Like before they even he even got the pitch to them at DC. Well, Atlas Comics at the time it was Atlas. No, it wasn't Atlas. It was uh. Anyway, but uh, Nat national, national probably. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Elizabeth says like if she flies around in a visible jet. Wonder Woman didn't have a visible jet when she first appeared. Uh, thing. Uh, that's that's probably true, but I think pretty early on. I mean, I, I want to say at least as early as Wonder Woman one. That that reminds me. I wanted to ask you something, Derek, and you may not know the answer to this. In the film, they state that Wonder Woman was out sailing Superman. Did that ever happen in real reality? See or that that yeah, I yeah, don't. What the fuck was that? Yeah. That that I feel like was bullshit. But I don't I don't know for sure. Like I can't I can't speak to. Um, facts. You, you know what's funny though? I think you're wrong, Tony. Like the first appearance of the Invisible Plane is in Sensation Comics one. So I mean, that's that's pretty early on. I mean, Wonder Woman was introduced in All Star Comics, right? But Sensation Comics was like her ongoing right after that. So I mean, I, I guess you could argue that he shouldn't have known about the Invisible Plane when he was about to pitch it. But I mean. He, but he, he may have had the idea or some shit. I don't know. Like, like, like it's again, as as the director says, it's a touchy thing. We don't well, know. I, um, I yeah, I got the only comic I, I think actually outsold Superman was Shazam for a while. Shazam, for, uh, Captain Marvel for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just the hell with it. I'm gonna look it up because because I I don't know that I think it's true. I, I kind of don't believe it's true. Is, is that is that bad? Was like am I a dirty old evil man cuz I don't hey, believe that Wonder Woman ever outsold man, Superman. But Batman was not that big back in the 40s and he did not outsell Superman. I I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So well, yes. I believe the Lapore book stated Wonder Woman was const- or consistently selling, you know, millions of copies and I I believe that, but I'm not sure if I believe it outsold Superman. I, I, Okay, again, it seems like it's a touchy thing. If we're gonna if we're gonna take this I just did a quick look up. Like there's this article on the comicbooks.com. It says despite appearing in three different titles, Wonder Woman would sometimes outsell Batman and Superman. But again, I don't see any like facts or figures, but th- this is a little more tame at least. It says it says it would sometimes outsell. I don't think they have good, you know, like again, like I know there's Comicron, but I don't think you know Comicron has good records for shit that old. You know, it seems like there's some people that promote that as fact. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just not doing a good good job of looking it up or whatever. But um. Because this is kind of, you know, quick paced or whatever. I don't know. If anybody out there that's still listening to this stuff and isn't like, oh, you guys suck, um, you can send us an email and let us know if there's there's some kind of uh, actual... We're not, saying, we're not saying Wonder Woman is not popular or she doesn't sell comic books. We're just like... we Kind of surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious if there if there if there's some kind of evidence for that as opposed to hyperbole, then then I'd love to see it. So, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I will say this: as a comic book fan, not displeased. As a movie fan, it was it was really good. It was it was really fun as far as like cinematography. All the acting was really spot on. The story didn't really piss me off too much. There was a couple of hiccups where I was just kind of like, well, okay, well that happened. It, it's worth a watch. I think I think it's it's fun for that. Well, if we're wrapping up, I would say I enjoyed the film way more than the book. Um, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a very good film. As far as being based on true events, I think that's I'm, I'm like I would put an asterisk near that and be like, see all these notes and things that we've discussed in this podcast. Um, but yeah. I guess that's you know I like the movie. Yeah, I I mean I you know it was it was a fun way to pass the pass the evening. Like I'm not I'm not upset or mad that I watched it. I thought again like you guys I thought it was well done. I think uh, I I like Luke Evans. I think he's pretty good. I mean you know and and I I like the other two actresses in this. Like I thought they were well done. Um, you know you know what my favorite part though was was the guy the 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 I, I was that real? Was Olive Byrne ever engaged to anybody before? She ended up with the Marshalls. Uh, I have no idea. If it was mentioned in the book, I, I must have zoned out. Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't remember that being mentioned in the book. But I, I thought it was funny because he was supposed to be the, the, the stereotype, like you know, uh, uh, does not approve of that kind of lifestyle type guy, right? But I thought it was funny where he's like, these two, they are reprobate. <laughs> I thought that was that was that was my favorite. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was funny birds. Yeah. I think I think overall I, I had a good time watching the movie and it was it was fun to watch. I, I liked all and, and again even the supporting cast was, was good. Oliver Platt, uh, you know, the, the 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 guy who played the little bondage salesman or whatever the hell he was, you know, like like all these guys were good. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. I uh, there was a couple of moments where I did get a little bit teary eyed because it was kind of sweet at some points. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, they 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 amped up the music in all the right places, and they 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 painted a a, a pretty picture and everything. And like you said, it was it was very engaging. So, I mean, that you can't you know r- regardless of what you think of the veracity of the content, like it, you can't deny that there is. Uh, there, there was a lot of passion and energy and effort placed into it. So, you know, that's that's all you can take away from it. Um, you know, whether it was you know Wonder Woman related or or uh, you know uh, polyamorous related or whatever, right? So, all right. Well, I think I think that's it, right? No, nobody has anything else. Yes, Professor Crab. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find us if they choose to submit to us? All right, all right. If you wanna, if you wanna submit, uh, and we promise, like. Remember, I said this doesn't work on paper unless unless the uh, the dominant party is loving, and so uh, we promise to be loving. So if you if you choose to submit to the Fanholes podcast, uh, you can check out our episodes of the proper show, which this is over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have questions, concerns, if you want to burn the Fanholes podcast comics, if you want to, you know. Uh, take us out in the middle of the street and kick us in the gut for everything we've been saying. You can send us emails at fanhallspodcast at gmail.com. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, tweets, hearts, reshares, etc. that we receive. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And until the next time, 
This is Derek the Reprobate WC signing off. This is Justin Suffering Sappho. This is Tony. We've been fired. Wonder Woman! Lyle Wagner! <laughs> wow, this movie. <laughs> well, you you didn't you didn't uh you didn't listen or read the book with us, so but um I mean I I think I, I will try to be kinder, but but there are things to discuss. A couple things that like I was like, Oh, that's sweet and then there's like a lot of things that I was like, the fuck? Well yeah, it's it's pretty easy to to get into that. I enjoyed the movie better than the book, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean the book was excruciating. This is just kinda like, you know, this 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 has a lot of you know this has a lot of nice glaze on a shitty chocolate cake, you know, so it's it's all right. They glaze that turned up good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's fine. Um I guess since we're already riled up, I guess we should just go ahead and get into it, huh? Um, I guess I don't know. Do we do we need to like talk about anything real quick before we start, or do you just want to get into it, Justin? I'm good. 